as hell and I wanna get ill So I go to a place where my homeboys chill Fellas out there trying to make that dollar I pulled up in the 6-4 Impala Hey everyone, finally welcome back to another episode of the Board as Hell podcast Hey! It's, it's been a little while but you know, life gets in the way, you know, life finds a way to right. be a pain in the butt <laughs> Right uh, But anyways, I'm Adam McDonald with Big Chinese Robot, Funny Books and Firewater, and Cinema Queens and I am Andy Wilson of Graphic Policy and the Hall of Greatness. And Geek Show Podcast Archive. Don't forget that. <laughs> Although, the, I, I, I just host the website. I didn't do any of the content. But yes. <laughs> well, no, you didn't. But you're still putting all, all of it out there. So we can you know, hear the Hey Bob episode. And um, I need to go back and find the one where Carrie and Jimmy talk about being drunk at Disneyland. Because that was a hilarious episode when they deconstruct uh, Captain EO. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll have to go back and look for that one. That I'll I'll send you the link because it's in there. So, yeah. It's in there. Yeah, I, I I had it on my iPhone and I got a new one and it wasn't there anymore. Uh, but yeah, so we're back. We're going to talk about uh, a couple new movies and then uh, because we weren't really here all summer, we want to talk about some of our favorite things we saw this summer uh, and things that we're excited for coming up as we get into Halloween month and also the uh, the award season. So. Uh, Andy, so you saw a film that I didn't get a chance to see, so why don't you yeah. tell us a little bit about that? Our, our screenings for A Star is Born and The Hate You Give were the same night, and knowing that you were seeing A Star is Born, I said, I'm going to go see The Hate You Give. That looks a little bit more my speed anyway. The Hate You Give name comes from a Tupac lyric, and I'm going to swear here, so we get our one F word for the episode and still be PG-13. Uh, the, uh, thug life, according to Tupac, stands for the hate you give little infants fucks everybody. Ooh. And this is basically a movie about the nature of cyclical violence in a community. Our protagonist is uh, a high school student named Star. Uh, Star lives in uh, the bad part of town. Uh, that is full of drugs and crime. Uh, her dad owns a grocery store. Uh, her mom works at a hospital. Uh, so they have kind of a normal middle-class life. And because of that, and because her parents want to get them out of this, they send them to uh, the, the private school across town. And so Star, when she is at home in her home community, is fully immersed in in that uh and when she goes to school uh she pretends to be safe star her mm -hmm. her blackness her everything about her background she hides uh, because she does not want to be threatening uh she doesn't use slang because she wants to be taken seriously and uh so she puts on this face to try and fit in in what is otherwise pretty much a, an almost completely white school. Uh, she has a white boyfriend. Uh, all of her other friends are white. That is going along pretty much okay for Star until uh, one night she's at a party and uh, she gets a ride home with her best friend since they were kids. Uh, when they were little kids, they used to play Harry Potter together, which is really mm -hmm. cute and becomes a part of the story. Um, but he is shot by the police at a traffic stop. 
then there are a lot of competing people who either want her to speak up to uh, try and get justice for uh, for her friend and get this cop sent to jail. Uh, and then uh, there are other forces within the community who don't want her to speak up uh, because uh, he was dealing drugs on the side uh, and worked for the main drug dealer in the community who is beautifully played by Anthony Mackie here. So it's essentially a story about uh, what she has to decide to do with this moral conundrum. Who does she decide to stand up for? Uh, does she stick with the culture of not standing up and not speaking up? Or does she actually try to do something? It's really beautiful. It's very well played out. And the very end is harrowing. Uh, there is a moment where everything could have gone completely wrong. It's just really well played. And this is one of those movies uh, that is like A Star is Born, sort of designed to win Oscars. Uh, and so nice that we're uh, in, in many cities, you will be getting to see this starting on October 5th. Uh, it gets released more widely uh, at the end of the month, um, but uh, several places will we'll start seeing it uh, sooner. So um, I can't recommend this enough. It's incredibly well acted. Jeez, uh, Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie needs to play villains more often because he is in, he's intense. Uh, he is hardcore, uh, but he's also incredibly layered. You know, you don't, you don't get to be respected in the community and feared a little bit without also having a lot of friends and also doing good things. And um, the best thing about this film is it really paints a beautiful picture of what is really wrong with uh, a lot of society. And it's about uh, cyclical poverty. It's about uh, educational systems. It's about lack of infrastructure. Uh, it's about police brutality. Uh, it's about just basic economics. Uh, it's about a lot of things. And this film tries to tie all of them together. It mostly succeeds. Where it falls down, it is a little slow. Uh, the movie clocks in a little over two hours. Uh, there might have been five to ten minutes that could have been cut out somewhere in the middle. Um, but overall, it's very good. And uh, there, there's definitely possibilities for people to be nominated for Oscars in this film. Uh, I... I just can't stop talking about Anthony Mackie because he's so great. Uh, but but there are definitely other great performances in here as well. Nice. Um, I think this is also one of those movies that as much as I will recommend it, all of the right people who need to see and understand this movie probably never will. But for a lot of well-meaning white people uh, who consider themselves liberal or progressive, this is a great primer. Uh, and helps point out a lot of things that we might subconsciously feel or think or or do uh, that are continuing to perpetuate uh, systems of, of white supremacy and oppression, uh, even if they're well-meaning. There, there's this great scene uh, where her one of her white friends is like, are you calling me racist? She's like, no, but you just said something that sounds like a racist might say it. 
I don't think you're bad, but that thing you just did is not cool. There's a lot of that in this movie, and I hope that it opens up people's eyes. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, it does have some of those pacing issues, so overall, I'm at an 8 out of 10. Cool. Well, I mean, it definitely sounds like something that, uh, if not the feel-good movie of the year, it's definitely one that is important and needs to be seen. Yeah, by the end, you're you're left with a good feeling. It resolves okay. It isn't depressing. These movies can tend to be terrible at the end, and you just feel, oh, I feel so guilty about everything. No, this is a movie about speaking up and speaking out and, and finding your voice and uh, and using that. And I hope that's what everyone is able to take away from it. Cool. Well, that, that's one I'm excited to see. Hopefully I'll get a chance to sneak out and catch that. Uh, the one that I did get a chance to see, which I was really excited for, was A Star is Born. So this is, I think, the fourth remake of this movie. I mean, we had... Uh, uh, ever since like the the 1920s, I think was when they first did this. We had uh, you know Judy Garland played it originally, um, but this new version is directed by Bradley Cooper. It is his directorial debut. He also stars as Jackson Maine. Uh, he's an established singer songwriter, and he's you know very very famous. He's sold you know sold out crowds and stadiums and stuff. And one day after uh, a, a concert, he's out drinking. He's a really hard drinker. And he stumbles upon a, uh, a drag gay bar and sees Lady Gaga, who plays Allie, up there actually really singing. And he instantly is like, hey, you know, there's something about this woman. She's got a great voice. So they kind of hang out. They just become friends. Uh, and eventually they develop a relationship. But he's like, hey, come see my show. And so she finally agrees. And she goes backstage. And in the middle of the set, he has her go on stage and sing one of her songs. Uh, the audience loves it. He gets, you know, a million views on YouTube. And so he's like, you know, you, you've got a voice. You need to do this. So he gets her set up with a manager and kind of launches her career as a singer-songwriter herself. Uh, in the meantime, their relationship is doing well. Like, they get married. But, you know, again, he's a hard drinker. Uh, he's got some problems with that. And, you know, there's a lot of stress and everything else in that relationship. And it's kind of cool to see Lady Gaga put her foot down and be like, no, take care of your stuff or, you know, we're done. And... It, kind of goes from there I, you know, I won't give the ending away because even though I'm sure people know what happens uh, you know I don't want to spoil it just in case you haven't seen it because I haven't you know uh, it, it's a bit predictable you kind of know where it's going to go <clears throat> but uh, that being said you know for Bradley Cooper making his directorial debut <clears throat> he does an amazing job uh, Lady Gaga you know she's already won an Emmy for her work on American Horror Story I expect to see her nominated for Best Actress because with someone who is as famous and as well-known as she is, uh, with a very distinct look and obviously a, a great singing voice, what's really amazing about this is that she fully disappears into her role to where when you're watching her perform, you aren't taken out of the experience by the fact that this is Lady Gaga. You actually see her as this character, Ali, who's trying to make it and is very humble and kind and everything else. And you know, same thing with Bradley Cooper. Like, I'm not really a big Bradley Cooper fan. I've always thought he's kind of smarmy. Uh, for me, his best role has always been Rocket Raccoon, but he does an amazing job here. I mean, he's he nails the role of a singer alcoholic. Uh, it's fantastic. What's also great is that uh, uh, both Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper uh, sing live. So when you're hearing them sing in the movie, it's actually them during a take singing live. It wasn't dubbed. It wasn't auto-tuned. Uh, and you know, of course, Lady Gaga's got just an amazing voice. And this, uh, as when this podcast come out, comes out, the 
soundtrack will be available at the end of the week. Just go pick it up. It, it's great. She, uh, Lady Gaga partnered with Willie Nelson's, Willie Nelson's son to write the songs and the music. And again, you're going to see this movie pop up a lot you know, for the Oscars and the Golden Globes everything else. Uh, it's the first movie I've really seen this year that I think has a chance to get all the way through and possibly win an Oscar. And uh, so far, I, I don't see anyone else but Lady Gaga winning this. Uh, what's also really cool, too, is it, it's not the stereotypical relationship where, you know, it's, uh, you know, the woman's subservient or anything else. Is that She's a very strong person, and she puts him in his place. And I also love the fact that it deals very honestly and brutally with both uh, addiction, mental health, and everything that goes along with that. Uh, it doesn't shy away from showing the ugly parts. It doesn't, it's not afraid to show what therapy looks like, what getting sober how it can change someone's life for the better and the struggles people go through because you know alcohol addiction is a huge problem in our country and you know, probably across the world and it's not afraid to to show that uh, my only complaint with this movie is that it's a little bit too long it's two hours 15 minutes there's easily 15 20 minutes that could have been cut out uh, my one thing i probably would have left out was there's a subplot that bradley cooper's character is suffering from tinnitus so he's starting to kind of like you know always hear a buzzing in his ears a ringing and he's kind of fighting against the fact that he should wear like an in-ear monitor to help him you know, perform better if they would have taken that and kind of run with it and kind of showed how it's affecting like his drinking and everything else that could have been interesting but unfortunately it's, it's there's a subplot you know for him to fight with his brother who's played by sam elliott very well actually and sam elliott is amazing in this too uh but it just didn't add anything to the story and Easily again, there's like 15 minutes that could have been dropped just from that alone. But aside from that, I'm giving this a nine out of nine out of ten. It's fantastic. I want to go see it again. I can't wait to listen to the soundtrack. And you know, again, this is going to be one we're going to see popping up soon, as far as with people getting awards and everything. So, so when it's in theaters this weekend, take go see it. It's it's a fun movie. It could be a date movie. It could be just hey, I want to go see something really really good. But um, everyone should enjoy this. So. That's great. I, I mean, running a little long, uh, chalk that up to it being a first-time director, and maybe he doesn't have that ruthlessness to, you know, kill his darlings and uh, get rid of those uh, those pieces that um, to to just help everything move along. Yeah. That sounds really great. And the other reason why I chose the Hate You Give over A Star Is Born at competing screenings was. I knew that I was going to go see that in the theater and I don't mind giving them my money. So uh, that sounds really good with the, the music though. Is it, is it, uh, it's, it's kind of country flavored. Um, it's uh, Willie it's, Nelson's son. Yeah. So how would you describe it? Uh, it's definitely country flavored. Uh, they kind of start to market uh, Ali Lady Gaga's character is kind of more of a pop star. So she's got kind of a pop sensibility, but I mean, the lyrics are really, really deep. There's, I, I think it's available right now on at least YouTube, possibly on like Apple Music and Spotify. But the the first song she kind of does is called "Shallow," and you know, it's it, it's very much in the vein of like spoken word poets. Uh, it's it's deep, it's wonderful, and again, like the two of them have such great chemistry that when they're singing together, it works. And like I didn't know Bradley Cooper could sing, but he does a great job, and of course, so does Lady Gaga because she's got an amazing voice. But she has an amazing voice. Like we, yeah. we, uh, it, it's so funny because how she started off with like poker face or whatever, mm -hmm. that just doesn't really uh, show that off. But 
what what was it? She did a performance live at the Grammys or something. What did she do? Was it somewhere over the rainbow or um, um she did something know, live on TV and I'm like, holy Hannah, yeah, she can really sing. Um, yeah, I just it, there was just a moment like in her in her very, very early pop career where I was like, whoa, who knew Lady Gaga done, was like that yeah. amazing? Um, she's done Joanne. Yeah, I mean, she, she's done a lot of stuff. And actually, it was cool because we got to see her live last year when she came to Utah. And the really funny thing that always annoys me was that, you know, way back in the day, right before like Bad Romance and Poker Face came out, uh, she was doing a tour, a little small tour. And she played at in the venue up here, which is a really, really small place. Tickets for like 30 bucks. And she was a nobody back then. She was just, you know, trying to get her name out there. And then a month later, she blew up and went from being 30 bucks a ticket to 150 for nosebleeds. So if you ever get a chance, though, she's she's fantastic. And actually, she's uh, setting up residence in Vegas starting soon. Uh, so if you're in Vegas or around there, you um, can have a, go see her. She's going to be playing every night. So Sounds like a reason to take a Vegas trip. Exactly. Yeah, no, she's definitely go see her. I mean, she puts on a lot of spectacle, but... Again, she's got a fantastic voice, and you know, even if you aren't a fan of her music, you know, you've got to admit that she can she can belt it out. So. Yeah, yes, indeed, awesome. So let's talk about movies we missed over this <laughs> summer. Obviously, we uh, we 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 took a couple months off there. Um, yeah, but we saw you know, some. Life, yeah. life gets in the way. It it just happens. Uh, you know, the stuff that we have both been individually dealing with. Uh, buy us a social beverage sometime and, and talk to us and we'll be happy yeah, to tell definitely. you. We're, we're sorry. We're, we're trying and we will like, uh, like now when we have an opportunity to actually uh, do something, we will do it as, as often as we can. Um, we're sorry. But we wanted to talk about some of the really cool stuff that we missed. Do you, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Um, yeah, sure. So we, we were trying to think about, you know, the, our, our favorite thing we saw this summer and we both kind of agreed that we, loved infinity war i think it's it's the best thing right. marvel's put out obviously the russo brothers are fully in control of their craft and their art uh but again everyone knows about that so we were thinking right. about maybe doing something a little less known right and, and yeah so so i was thinking um there are a bunch of movies that i saw that uh that were kind of smaller that i really loved eighth grade was great uh hearts beat loud with nick offerman also a musical was really great um but uh the movie that really stuck with me the most out of that that hit me out of left field was hereditary um, and that's actually one i was thinking about i almost did that one because that movie is fantastic right and uh it it has a utah connection uh was filmed in in utah for the, uh since so many of y'all are, are there um you can you can definitely see uh the the connection there um, this is the first movie that I remember actually scaring me. Like, I don't normally get scared, even at scary movies. There's stuff that creeps me out a little bit, but this really actually scared me. I had to sleep with the lights on a couple of nights because there is stuff that happens in this movie in the dark and the shadows that if I think about it now, I will not be able to sleep later uh, and is just really scary. And on on top of that, 
Uh, it's also a, a a film that is so much wrapped up in grief and loss, and you don't really know what's going on, whether this is all like uh, supernatural horror or if Tony Collette's character is just breaking under the strain of what she's going through. Uh, and the film plays that really, really well. And uh, you, you as the audience don't really know what's going on until the very end. And uh, there are a lot of people I've heard who hated that and hated that ending. Um, I understand why it's divisive, but I thought it was just absolutely brilliant and I like I, it. I thought it was the way it should have ended yeah so I, I I thought hereditary was great and I just I that that still scares me and so we're in October if you're looking for a scary movie it is very R it is very disturbing don't watch it if um, I would say don't watch it if you love your children because <laughs> there is some bad stuff that happens to children in this movie that is also very frightening and very disturbing. And that I think yeah, that was one of the reasons why this uh, um, this this stuck with me. But if you're, you know, a, a childless drunk, uh, you know, you, it, you might be able to do it <laughs> a little better, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. We were sitting here and uh, Clark and Sierra were playing uh, Minecraft and, you know, there's... There's a scene early on that involves, uh, we'll just say, a street sign, that's, yeah, or like a or like a telephone pole, whatever it was, mm -hmm. and we're sitting there, and all of a sudden Sierra's like, "F this movie, I don't want to watch it anymore," because even though she was you know distracted playing video games, it was still there enough to grab her attention. Yeah, and no, yeah, seriously. I mean, as much as I would say this movie isn't like, um, it's not full of jump scares or stuff like that, but it is genuinely creepy and. Um, horrifying throughout and there's a lot of scenes that are going to stay with you for a long time especially like, you know towards the end when some everything kind of comes to fruition and we learn what's happening uh that i will never forget and i don't know if i want those images in my head but yeah it's it's definitely creepy it's you know it's i'd say a 10 on the, the scary factor and you won't forget it so yeah one of my favorite movies of the year and the the only thing that has really really scared me like, I thought A Quiet Place was brilliant and scary and creepy. Hereditary actually scared me. Yeah. Well, because Quiet Place is more is more suspense. I mean, it's right. holding your breath because, you know, every noise you make is cause for alarm and cause for possible death. So. But you also had a scary movie that you really liked. Um, so it's it's a little bit scary. It was actually it's more sci-fi, and I, it was it was one that kind of flew under the radar. I don't think anyone saw it except for like four of us. Yeah. But thankfully, it seems like it's kind of getting some word of mouth out there. Uh, but the movie is Upgrade, uh, and it's it was an indie film. It was published by Bloomhouse. Uh, it takes place in the near future. It doesn't really say when. Uh, you know, computers have taken over a little bit more. Everyone kind of relies on self-driving cars. The police have drones everywhere, keeping an eye on stuff, and. Uh, basically, we've got our main character, Gray Trace, who's played by Logan Marshall Green, and he is, you know, he's got a girlfriend, and uh, one night they're driving home from, because uh, he's like a consultant, uh, building cars for people, and uh, the car gets, something happens to it where the self-driving car crashes. Uh, they come out of it, and these people basically pull him out, 
uh, kill his wife or his girlfriend and then shoot him in the back and make him a quadriplegic where he's stuck in a wheelchair and he can't walk anymore. So he goes to the, you know, the guy he was building this car for, who is a computer engineer, and he's got this microchip that he says is going to basically change the way we view computers and pretty much run the world from now on out. And it's called STEM. So he tells him, like, hey, if you want, I can implant this in you. You'll be able to walk again, and you could possibly go and avenge the death of your girlfriend. So he's like, sure, why not? So he gets done, and sure enough, he can walk again. He's got full use of his body. Uh, but then we find out that STEM is actually an AI. And it starts talking to him and gets to the point where if he gives it control, it can control his body and basically makes him a superhero where he's fighting people. He can react quickly to their uh, to their attacks, whether it's with like a gun, a knife, just punching stuff, whatever. Uh, but then we kind of wonder is, is what's going on here because STEM starts taking more and more control. And that's all I'm going to say because there's it's a great ending. Uh, I saw the twist coming and then, of course, it happened. But then it threw me for a loop, and the ending I did not see. So that was that was really fun to kind of have the wool pulled over my eyes. Uh, it's very, very brutal. I mean, there's a couple scenes where it even shocked me. I was like, holy crap, like, I didn't think they were going to do that. Uh, but they did, and it's a lot of fun. This, you know, we're see I'm seeing Venom this week, and this kind of remind made me think this is what the Venom movie should be. I don't know if they're going to be able to pull it off, but uh, very reminiscent of that. And if you want a good action sci-fi movie check this out this is also one of the best things i've seen this year it'll probably get overlooked with all the stuff coming up but uh don't miss it you know even if you're a fan of bloomhouse or horror films again this is very much sci-fi it's not really scary uh but it's it's very very well done and this is one of the best sci-fi films i've probably seen this year not since like blade runner 2049 have i enjoyed sci-fi like this yeah it's it's got a little bit of blade runner in it and uh, it's just, you know, this is what Blumhouse does. You know, they, they make these movies for, you know, a couple million dollars and then spin them out and uh, they, they don't worry about them, uh, how much they make uh, because they, they cost so little to make. Uh, supposedly, this is the first of a trilogy. And oh, really? I'm really excited uh, for for them to uh, figure out what they do in the next one. Yeah, I, I I saw I saw some of the twists coming, didn't care, liked it, and just had a really great time with this. Um, Upgrade was was a lot a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, this, this movie was made for only five million dollars, uh, but watching it, you wouldn't think that. I mean, they really utilized their budget well, uh, even with the CGI, a lot of practical effects, which I always enjoy because that's it's really fun to see that. But yeah, I mean, it, it made triple its budget back and that's before DVD Blu-ray sales. And I mean, one good thing was I went, I rented this from Redbox, immediately went out and bought it. And I actually got the last copy at our local store because people are starting to know what it's about, get some good word of mouth. Uh, but this is one that you definitely need to check out because it's, it's an amazingly well done and well executed film, so. Agreed, love it. Cool. So, I mean, that's that's some of the stuff from the summer that you should check out. Uh, obviously, Infinity War is already out on Blu-ray DVD. Yep. Hereditary is two upgrades. So, you know, all the stuff you can catch at home. And if you want to just rent it from your streaming service, they're all about three bucks. Uh, but I think we can safely say that these are all movies that you'll want to buy. Um, Hereditary, not because you're going to watch over and over again, because I think once is enough for me. Yeah. Uh, but it's something I do want to support because it's, it's really cool. 
um, upcoming stuff. So we have Venom this week. So hopefully we'll be back next week to talk about that. Uh, but one thing I'm really excited for, we've got the uh, re, uh, reboot, I guess we could say, of Halloween, which is written by Danny McBride. Uh, the fun thing with this is that it is technically ignoring every single Halloween movie except for the very first one. So Laurie Strode is no longer Michael Myers' sister. Uh, she's just you know, gotten older. She knows that he escaped, and she's kind of been anxious and training her whole life to kill him should he ever escape from the mental institution again. Sure enough, he does. Comes back to Haddonfield, and they have a final face-off. So I'm super excited for that. It looks really scary. Uh, I know, Andy, you said you've had some friends who've seen it, and everything I've heard says that it's scary as hell, and it's getting fantastic reviews from the film festivals it's been playing at. Yeah, it, um, so it premiered Yeah, it premiered a couple weeks ago at Fantastic Fest, and people were just, like, just absolutely loving it. Also, uh, early good word of mouth about... A bad time at the El Royale and the Suspiria remake, and both of those I am incredibly looking forward to this month as well. Cool. So, um, so that will wrap us up for this week. You know, again, we, we do apologize for the the hiatus, but shit happens. <laughs> there, there's our other word for <laughs> good point. PG thirteen rating. Uh, so hopefully again we'll be back next week with Venom. Uh, but until then, hail Satan and have a lovely afternoon. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Gas tripping, but it's alright. Homie scored a key, he's gonna fly. Punk ass fly.